0: Welcome everyone, we're about to begin is Hashem BPJ number 40, that's Pius Primi group number 40 for both men and women, Sheer number 40, and we're in a date when the second date agreed to disagree, and we're talking about the differences and how by discussing them and by refocusing on it, not looking at any more as a point of frustration, but as a point of understanding the inner world of your husband and your wife, Understand that some points of their personality Hashem wants you to integrate into yours and to respect them. This creates a beautiful harmony between the two. If you're able to discuss it with one another, express it, and see why important it is, and very important, I'm going to say this point that is so important. And that is, if you listen to the early parts of this year, that very often the one thing that drives you the most crazy about your husband or wife and upsets you the most when you finally understand where it's coming from, it's not coming from a bad place very often, it's coming from some childhood experience, teenage experience and why they feel that way, then the anger goes away, the misunderstanding goes away, and there's a compassion there. And of course that doesn't mean that you don't work on things together, work on some compromise, work on integrating, like we said very often, integrating and allowing each other's world to be within the other. And that creates a beautiful harmony. So in number five of the differences, this is such an important one also. In number four, we discussed in the MBTI, this is T versus F, the thinking versus feeling, the one who expresses feeling and emotion very much, while the other one is more interested in just action, not their feelings, or maybe just the intellectual. Over here is the other part of the MBTI, the E versus the I, the extrovert versus the introvert. The difference in wanting time alone and apart and time together. So here is a difference that happens a lot in marriages, where one person wants more time alone than the other. The other one wants more time together. And this is a basic difference of wanting autonomy versus interdependence. And this is such an important concept. Very often, even when introverts marry each other, and even when extroverts marry each other, you have often this conflict on the frequency. But certainly if one is an introvert and one is an extrovert. So as an example, very often an introvert needs to understand their extroverted spouse and accommodate that need. They want to be inside, they never want to go out. They want to be home and read a book and look into a safer. or or if it's a woman, she likes doing her own thing in the house, she doesn't like running around or expressing and this and that. But again, we live in, uh, at least with family and certain dear friends and sharing in their varts and their simchas, and and sometimes an introvert has to push themselves to to be social, to pick up the phone and, and be kind to one another in that way. Now, introverts are very kind people, and a lot of them do tremendous chesed behind the scenes, uh, in a quiet way, in their own, you know, introverted type of way. Extroverts that do it in a more open way. So here is also such an important point. And Hashem is again telling us, I created you as an introvert, that's fine. But you need to experience that extroverted aspects of the personality as well. And the extrovert's telling you, yes, you go out all the time and you enjoy that, but I need you to be more into yourself too, and introspect as well. And when the, the, the husband and wife are opposites in this in this aspect, and it creates an amount of tension between the two, once they realize it's not a sticker thing, it's, not, it's just the way they are built and what they really need, when one gets their batteries charged by being alone, and the other one, by communicating... They learn to understand each other in the best possible way. This applies also between themselves, a husband and wife themselves. Sometimes the introverted one, whichever one it is, says, I love being with you, I love connecting with you, and we do spend time with each other, but I need a lot of time on my own. I need to read my own book, listen to my own music. That's how I chill out. Don't take it personally when I withdraw into my room or read a book, or do my thing, it's not that I don't care about you. It doesn't, care. it doesn't mean I don't love you. I love you very much, but I need that time alone also. I need that quiet time. And by, by explaining that, the extrovert won't feel hurt when there is a, um, you know, when, when there is that space there, when they're not always communicating. But at the same time, an introvert has to make sure not to use that as an extreme. They need to go out of their comfort zone and connect with their husband and wife. That's why it's so important to talk with each other about this. Where where, where one needs, needs more of the connectivity between a husband and wife. I want to spend more time with you. And the other one says, we do spend quality time with each other. It's just life is busy and also I need some quiet time too. They work out that fear, compromise with one another. This works also when you go on vacation. It's very, very important that 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 when you go on vacation, sometimes an introvert or that type of personality feels overwhelmed when the other spouse is always on top of them, even on vacation. So even on vacation, you could designate times. There are certain times where I'm going to be alone or we'll go to, let's say it's a beautiful day out day, and you go to a beautiful park and they get beach chairs and they're there by your scenery and by your water. And she does her needlepoint quietly. He reads a book. He may be the ext- extrovert. They want. He wants to really, so part of it will be that quiet, relaxing type of thing. And you let them have them spaced. You could talk here and there, but more or less you have your space. And then there are times where you do things together completely. You know, you're, you're taking hikes together. You're exercising together. You're doing these wonderful things together. So this balance of introversion and extroversion, of when to connect and talk and when to be alone, is such an important factor to work through. The number six and number seven, we're not going to talk about over here at length, because we talked about it in many other shiurim. The differences between the optimal sexual frequency, where one person wants the physical intimacy more than the other, and one wants to be more expressive about it, the other one, and, and one wants it like structured, and the other one wants it more spontaneous, and We discussed a lot of these aspects in earlier Shiorim and in the main Shiorim, and we're going to discuss more about it. But the general idea also over here is because so many things in this particular area where it's understandable because it's such a close, personal, vulnerable aspect of life, and it's personal between the two of them, that one of them gets very hurt by by, by taking it personally when they sense that their husband or their wife wants to be intimate with them less than they do. And it's a hard thing to adjust to. And, and we, we talked about this a lot, that the, the, the sex drive and the pull to have physical intimacy has no, um, no connection, necessarily no connection, to your quality of your ruchni life. We explained this many times before where one needs to understand that you could have a higher physical intimate interest and you could be on a very high level it doesn't mean you're more animalistic khaleela so on a lower drive does not mean they have less emotions or less feelings they also want to connect and talking about this and working out a compromise with one another is truly something that really really works so for example we're just going to we're not going to go deep into this right now But one important thing is that takes away pressure from the both of them about initiating, not initiating. We talked about that. Even the one who normally what happens is, is the one who has a higher interest initiates a lot more. And the one who has less uh, interest needs to learn to initiate also at times. It is important, I think, both ends of it. It's one important point where they both decide between themselves privately a scheduled thing, that a minimum amount that we should be together these and these nights, and they work it out between the two of them. What happens like a default position if, let's say, one of them was very tired or, or one of them wasn't feeling well, that they work it out that the next night, they work out those scheduled things in a, in a good way. It's a healthy thing to schedule because it takes away a lot of tension. And it takes away a lot of the burden of needing to initiate and worrying about initiating, although it's something that should be practiced. But at the same time, for the husband or wife that sometimes enjoys that spontaneous aspects of it, to sometimes do that too. So it, it's hard for some people that are structured in their brain. Okay, we have the physical intimate st- uh, aspect, this and this times, and when it's in a normal time, they feel a little sort of out of balance that very often for the other spouse that loves it and needs it, and sometimes that shows an extra amount of love, and it acts as an eschatshis, and a spark to it. When, one, all, when they're both in a good mood, and they decide, hey, let's be together in this way, even though it wasn't planned, and even though it wasn't organized, it wasn't supposed to be the main night, and just simply enjoy that experience... One of them is very comfortable doing this, the other one is less comfortable doing this, and they learn how to accommodate with one another. Well, as I get back to this topic again, as we discussed in many points of this, but this is uh, uh, also a very important thing to discuss. The differences in finances, very important as well. One is conservative and a worrier and a planner and likes to be more tight with their finances, and the other one wants to spend a lot more. Living in the moment. There are two extremes to meet in the middle. Again, never to be frugal, to always be generous, but at the same time realize you are living in a budget. And to work out those differences and that balance is a very, very healthy thing. Where you maybe make a compromise where you, you 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 know, let's say let's say a family as an example, they have some amount of finances they, they could spend. But they know they have a they have a budget that's, you know, they, they need to have a budget. And they need to save money for things. So they work out between themselves. You know something? Maybe we'll spend less on our clothing. We'll have nice clothing, but not necessarily design clothing. We'll live more simple in the dress area of life. We'll live more simple, for example, in the way our house looks. We'll have a nice, simple type of house. We'll have more money because we're not spending it on these elaborate things in our own homes. We're doing it nice, what they call sometimes balabatish, but not fancy. But And with that money, they're going to use it, for example, to take their children on once a year a more elaborate expensification and experience. So some people may decide that. We have some money. We're going to not spend in this area and spend in that area. And you work it out between the two of you. Work out that balance between a budget and between spending. And that's an important part of life. Number nine, differences in adventure. Some are more adventurous, willing to take more risks. Some of them are more cautious, nervous about risks. This also is a balance to work on with one another. Ten differences with respect to relatives. One person wants more independence from relatives. Another one wants more closeness and connection to relatives. This is very important that maybe very often you need to discuss with outside people. Um, especially with newlyweds, sometimes they're very connected to their to their um respective families. And then there are times where they need to be somewhat separate from them and independent from them. This deserves a separate discussion in and of itself. And um, you know, how much of autonomy you have of independence of your own family structure and how much you depend on your Parents and the closeness and connection to your family members. Number eleven: differences on how to approach household chores and childcare, and and how to divide it. Another one is how to discuss disagreements. Some want to be very open and emotionally expressive. The other one want to use more logical approach. Differences in expressing anger. Differences in ex- in disciplining children. Number fourteen. Number fourteen. We're gonna. Spend a little time on, and that's the differences in raising and disciplined children. Official Shechter once said a a, a a fascinating concept, and he I I remember him saying it that like this that I don't remember which way it was. I don't want to misinterpret him, but this is more or less the general idea. He grew up more in the old-fashioned way, so his parents were were more strict with him. So when he first got married, he said, "I'm going to be a little different. I'm going to be less strict and be more open." So his older children um, experienced a more laxer attitude in his parenting skill, uh, ability, in his parenting approach towards them. Later. With them, then he feel like it was going a little too far that way. Maybe it was too open. He decided he needs more structure and more strictness. And his younger children experienced that. So he, they were joking like it's like two different parents here. But so you have, one needs to realize very often is a lot of this difference on how to raise and discipline children. Parents need to know this. A lot has to do with their own personal feelings about the matter. It's not easy to zoom in to realize that the children need a specific mahalach, and what is best for them specifically and every every child is different so in other words with one child you mean they need more of the structure and discipline aspects of it it's best for them while the other one needs to be more like softer with everyone's different so one is these type of differences and when you're discussing the chinuch of the children one needs to remove their own Negius um, from it because some of them sometimes as a stereotypical example let's say the let's say in this case the the wife is more strict with the children and the husband is more relaxed with the children they both need to realize that sometimes this is coming from their own basic personality that the that the wife may be stricter because either she saw that strictness in her own home or she has that those those it's it's built into her personality while the husband's more laid back because it's built into his personality or his hashgafas or whatever it is, not realizing and not really saying, let's put ourselves out of the picture. Let's see what what does the child really need. When do they need empathy versus the discipline? When do they need the discipline versus the empathy and how to balance that the right way? So here's a beautiful example of when a couple could discuss this with one another and bring it out in, in a beautiful way. To communicate with with each other in these aspects, it helps with their own shalom between themselves. There'll be less friction in the way they dip, discipline different their children. And another factor behind this is is that each one should value the other person's approach that may be good for the children. So, for example, I'll give you an example of that. Let's say the wife in this case is much more strict, much more disciplined. She may sense that some of it is coming from her own personality. She may sense that sometimes, yes, I may have been a little too hard on this partic- these particular children or this particular child. Her husband is more softer with them. She needs to recognize, I value my husband's contribution to the chenich of the children. I value the fact that he is softer, and he 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 creates that empathetic aspect that the child definitely needs. Now, it's stereotypical to it go either way. I'm just giving an example of one way. Let's say the husband in this case, he's the more softer uh, per, um tr- uh, person disciplining the child. He's more softer. He's less disciplining the child. He's more empathetic, more friendly, and more warm. But then the husband needs to sit, pull back a little bit, and say, you know something. I may have this approach, but I see sometimes with my children children or this child, they need that structure. They need that discipline. And when my wife is providing that discipline, I shouldn't fight against that. I need to value it because that is important for the growth of our child. So this is a very important insight also. Besides integrating the different approaches that each one should adapt, the opposite approach at times, learn from your wife, learn from your husband a different way of, disciplining your children or raising your children. But more than that, even if you stick to your own mode, you're the more softer type, but you value because you do realize that your children do need that structure. And if your wife 80% of the time provides that structure for your children, the husband should be happy about it, not fight against it, not say, oh, it's so uh, unpleasant, you know, this structure or this discipline. Realize that in chinechi, you do need this structure, you do need this discipline. So you're not, it's not your strength. So use and appreciate your wife's strength in doing this for you, and the other way around too. If the wife realizes that she's more structured, more disciplined with the children, she needs their value. You know, sometimes I know it's important what I'm doing, but it's also important for sometimes them to be let go, to be relaxed. And my husband has that knack of doing that. Sometimes it's frustrating because he may go overboard with his laxness, but I do see that it creates a uh, it diffuses the tension in the house. It makes it more pleasant for the children, and it's something to be valued. So that also is a a a discussion to be discussed to um, to understand each other's world and to build into it. But as is Hashem, we will only have one more shear on this date, and that's it. Um, the truth is, on this PDF that we have here, the differences we could give a shear on each one individually that has a tremendous amount of toichen and importance. We'll get obviously get back to all of these concepts, but we also need to move on. So we're only going to have one more shi on these differences. And as a shem, we're going to go to the next date. But the key really is this PDF. And like I said before, this is, this is a date type of thing or the agree to disagree thing where people run away from, they're not comfortable with, they f- feel that it creates more tension. And very often one needs to just flip that approach. Don't always look at a conflict or difference of opinion in a confrontational way. And you'll learn how to develop that. There'll be a point in time. Again, we're not talking about traumatic things or bad behaviors, Halilah. We're talking about general healthy differences between two adults, a husband and a wife that are living together. So it's very, very important to understand that when you have, no, I I disagree because of this, not to get that defensive mode up. It's very, very important. A big chilek of the Shiorim in in, in the panimi group is to learn how to quash or to uh, recognize when you, when your wife or husband is saying something that's different than your perspective and right away your defenses go up to want to say, I'm right, you're wrong, whatever it is. Here is the real key. This is the Nakuda, one of the Nakudas of these shiurim in this particular date is to remove that defensiveness. Say, no, I'm going to reverse that idea This idea that my wife or husband is saying something different than me has great value. And there's a hidden bracha within it. And that hidden bracha won't be hidden much longer. It'll be revealed in a beautiful way if I learn to explore it in the healthy way. Because I'm understanding now, this is a Pesach. This difference is a Pesach in understanding your husband's or wife's interior world. And you'll realize how beautiful it is and you'll appreciate it more and more and more and you'll realize how it makes you whole, it makes your family whole. There's a tremendous myelis, the things that you looked at, the tremendous myelis that your wife or your husband has, and that influences your children, that makes them better people, from that very nekuda that seems to be opposite of your personality, and to not fight against it, but just use it, channel it, each one of you into a positive direction. Bracha and atzlacha.